This morning we're going to continue our teaching on overcoming life's challenges. Two Sundays ago we started talking about this, overcoming life's challenges. I just want to quickly review what we talked about. Last Sunday, Brother Jacobar ministered, and this Sunday I just want to conclude this teaching on overcoming life's challenges. What we said when we began this teaching is this, that everybody in life faces challenges. Amen? Everybody faces challenges. There's nobody who would go through life without facing many challenges. And if we were to sit down and list the different kinds of challenges we would face, we could come up with a list something like this. We would, you know, there on, on the, we would talk about disappointments in life. We talk about the fact that we've been disappointed with things. Maybe our parents disappointed us, or maybe our children disappointed us, or maybe our peers at the workplace, maybe our managers. You know, there could be a host of reasons why we feel disappointed in life. Then we said there could be bad marriages. That's another challenge in life. Some of us sitting here, we're in the middle of a bad marriage, in the middle of, middle of a situation where things are not working out so well in a marriage, and that could be a challenge. We talked about failure, where you've tried, worked hard, you've done your best, you've trained, you've equipped, you've prepared yourself, and then at the end of it, you still encountered failure. That could be a challenge in life. We talked about children being a challenge. Some of us parents sitting here, you know, you're saying, you know, I, I, I did my best to bring my child up in the way I knew I should. I trained them. I taught them. I never in the, in the, in the, in the least expected my son or my daughter to end up with, you know, with drugs or an alcohol or, you know, uh, or just quit on their studies. And I, I never expected these kinds of things. And so children sometimes could be a challenge. Sometimes we, play, we face challenges in the workplace. Whether it's with our peers or with our boss. We expect a big thumbs up for the work we've done. And all we get is a big thumbs down. Not good enough. You need to do gooder than that. Or sometimes we, you know, we get into financial problems. Maybe we've invested huge sums of money into, uh, uh, into a certain place or in a certain business. And all, all we see is that our money has taken wings and, and disappeared. And we find ourselves in a place where, uh, uh, where we are in a great debt or a very difficult situation financially. That's another area of challenge. We said waiting itself can be a challenge sometimes. No, you're put in a, in a, in a, a holding place. You're waiting for something to happen. You're waiting for your job. You know, you've gone to your 101 interview. You're still waiting. Or you're waiting for Mr. Right or Miss Right, whatever. You're still waiting. And sometimes when, when that hope, the thing you're hoping for doesn't show up, discouragement can sit in. Frustration could begin to uh, build up inside you. Sometimes new assignments could be a big challenge. It's like, you know, having to walk past 100 guard dogs and, and you've been put upon, set, on, set out on this assignment. You're saying, man, I've, I'm not sure if I'll reach the other end alive. New assignments can be a challenge for some of us. And like this, there may be many, many other challenges. The point is this. All of us will face challenges in life. Amen? There's nobody here who can say, you know, I will not face challenges. Challenges come to everybody. You're not the only one who's got hurdles on your track. There are others who are running the same race who also have hurdles on their tracks, which they have to cross. 
So challenges come to everybody. Here are some things we said. Challenge, challenges can either make you or break you. Challenges can, so, can paralyze you and pin you down. Or they can serve to perfect you and propel you into what God has planned for your life. It really depends on how you respond to the challenges you face. You can allow the challenge to make you a better person. And equip you and release you into the plan of God. Or you can allow the challenge to paralyze you and break you and destroy you. So we must learn how to respond correctly to life's challenges. Challenges make life interesting. Life would be very boring without some things going on. Amen. Overcoming challenges make life meaningful. Because now you've got a story to tell. Challenges help us grow. They stretch us beyond what we are accustomed to. Many times we sit at ease in, in, in the area of, of, our, of, of the known. And we are unwilling to step into the unknown. But challenges move us. They stretch us beyond ourselves. They help us discover things that we do not know about ourselves. We also say that great people are simply ordinary people who face challenges and overcome, overcame them. That's their secret to greatness. Without accepting a challenge and determining to conquer it, we will never experience the thrill of victory. Amen? So we've got to learn to face challenges, face it head on, and learn how to overcome them. Because there is meaning in overcoming challenges. There is a sense of, there's a, a thrill, there's a sense of victory when we are able to overcome life's challenges. So now, all we want to do in this, in, this, in this message is, I want to share with you four things that I found useful in life when I face challenges. And some of you say, Pastor, I don't think you face any challenge. What an easy life. You're always with God Monday to Friday. Sunday you show up, preach a few messages and go home. Well, get real. Life's not that simple. Amen. I face challenges just as much as you do in all areas of life. Amen? I mean, if I just want to tell you a little bit about what my month was like, you would say, well, I don't want to be in your shoes. You know, in the ministry, there are challenges. And I'm constantly thinking about my leaders. I'm constantly thinking of those to whom I have delegated responsibility and watching over them, making sure that none of them get off track because if they make a mistake, it's going to reflect on me. So I'm constantly standing behind and watching. Is everybody going in the right direction? Everybody doing things with the right heart? Is, is, is everything going okay? I'm constantly thinking about all our outreach ministers, people whom we've sent out across this nation, thinking about them. And every the week, I, I try to remind myself to call them, ask them, how are you doing? Is everything okay in your life? And then I'm going to think about all the other things that has to happen in our church. We've been looking for a place for, for us to move for quite a long time. Brother Jay Kumar has you know, he's probably driven through every city, every road in this city looking for an auditorium. He's been waiting on God for that and God finally, you know, just opened up, directed a path to the right place. But, you know, that's a challenge. All these things going on. Sometimes we get some problems coming in from our outreach ministers. We have to deal with that. Sometimes there are issues that have come up within the ministry. We have to deal with that. So life is not always easy, even as a minister of God. Amen. There's reality here, and there are challenges we have to face. And then there's challenge in the business. You know, this, this month, we are bringing in six new people, but we are have, having two people leave. And every time an employee leaves, you know, something happens to me. 
uh, you know, it's a small company, so every employee is extremely valuable. So when an employee leaves, you feel something. Now it's good for them, but you personally feel something. Now I remember when the very first guy who joined me, I was, I was tired when I saw the company, I was working alone, and one, one guy joined me. Uh, he stayed with us for quite a while, but the day he left, I actually broke down. Because it, he was so precious. I mean, he wasn't even a believer. He wasn't even a Christian, but, and he was working with me, and he learned so much with me, and, and then, you know, he left. It has an impact as an employee, when employees leave. And, uh, and there's things going on in the company, and we had customer issues to resolve. Uh, new projects coming and things to handle. Lots of things going on even in the business, in, in the area of business. So not only is the things going on in the ministry, the things going on in the business, life is very meaningful, amen? You can try it out a day, someday, try to get into my shoes, and amen? So in all of these things, here are some things that I found very useful in, in, in walking through life's challenges. Number one, which we talked about last, the last time in part one, is this. Guard your heart. Everybody say, guard your heart. See, the heart, your heart is so very important. The Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it come the issues of life. Out of your heart come the forces that shape your life. Your life is shaped by what's coming out of your hearts. So if the forces that are coming out of your heart, if they are wrong, if the attitudes are wrong, if there is grievance, if there is anger, if there is jealousy, if there is hatred, if these are the things that are coming out of your heart, uh, I can tell you, your life's not going to be in a very good condition. Because the forces that are shaping and influencing your life are the wrong kinds of forces. Guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it come the forces that shape your life. You've got to learn to guard your heart. Don't let fear enter in. When you face a challenge, don't let fear come in. When, when, when people offend you, don't let bitterness sit there. Now, yes, you might feel offended. We're all human beings. We feel offended. We get angry. But don't let it remain there because it, when it stays there, it's going to become something that's going to influence your future. And you don't want the wrong kind of thing influencing your future. Amen? We talked about the two birds. We talked about the hummingbird and the vulture. Both have to fly over desert regions during their migration. But the vulture looks for the carcasses. It looks for rotting meat. It looks for what is dead and rotting. It looks for the old things. But the hummingbird flying over the same desert looks for the desert blossom. Something that's fresh and refreshing. Now you have a choice. You can be a vulture living on the dead things of the past. Or you can be a hummingbird looking for the new things of today. Amen? You always have a choice in life. All of us have to fly over deserts in life. But you can be a hummingbird or you can be a vulture. The choice is yours. How do we guard our heart? We said, no, we guard our heart by keeping God's word inside here. By keeping our eyes on the word. When you're faced with a difficult situation, look at the word. When you're, looking, when you're faced with a situation that makes you fearful, you say, the Lord is my light and my salvation. I will not be afraid. Amen? When you're faced with a need, you say, the Lord is my shepherd. He is all I need. He, he will make sure He provides for all my wants. My God shall supply for all my needs. So when you keep this word in your heart, it guards your heart. It protects your heart. It keeps the negative things out of your heart. Amen? Another thing we say, another way to guard your heart is by prayer. You go to God and say, God, I'm just feeling terribly jealous of that person. 
Or God, I'm just terribly angry with that person. Or God, I'm just, I cannot forgive that person for what they've done to me. God, I can never get over this feeling of resentment or this feeling of betrayal. Whatever. You go and tell God the negative things in your heart. And He is able to fix your heart. He's able to take that out and give you a clean, good heart. And bring you a right spirit within you and me. Secondly, we said, how do we overcome evil? We overcome evil with good. You overcome a lie by speaking the truth. You overcome darkness by turning on the light. You overcome unrighteousness by righteousness. You overcome dishonesty with honesty. You never overcome evil with evil. Amen? So that's what the Bible said in Romans 12. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. Do good to those who hurt you. Do good in return. Because that's the only way you and I are going to overcome evil. Amen? So you put yourself in a position in life where you say, look, I'm going to do good. And that's the way I'm going to overcome life's challenges. Three and four this morning. The third thing I find very useful as I go to life's challenges and very important is this. Keep exercising your faith. Keep exercising your faith. It's so important. You know, the moment, it's easy to say, hallelujah, praise the Lord, when everything is going fine. But the moment you are hit with something in life that strikes you, usually the hallelujah, praise the Lord, goes out the window. There is no more hallelujah, praise the Lord. There's no more faith in God. There's only crying and weeping and you know, self-pity and all that kind of stuff. Listen. In, in the midst of challenges, if you're able to say, praise the Lord, that's real praise the Lord. Amen. When you're able to say, God is good all the time, and in, in, you're in the, in the middle of a not so good situation, that's a sign you really mean what you're saying. Amen. You know, the Bible talks about in Luke, the 8th chapter, verses 20 to 25, Jesus and his disciples get into a boat. Jesus says, let's go over to the other side. They are going across the lake. A storm comes by. Jesus is still asleep in the, in the boat. And the disciples get scared. And they wake Jesus up. And then Jesus you know, comes and calms the storm. He turns around to his disciples. And he asks this amazing question. He says, where is your faith? Amen. He didn't ask them. How come you, you bad guys, you know, uh, how come you're not so good? Or what happened to your goodness? Or what happened to your love? He asked them, where is your faith? Where is your faith? In the middle of a storm, what do you need? Let me hear you. You need faith. Jesus says, where is your faith? Standing in front of Lazarus' tomb in John the 11th chapter. Lazarus has been dead four days. Mary and Martha had sent a word to Jesus saying, while Lazarus was still sick, saying, please come. The one whom you love is sick. Please come and get him well. Jesus delays in coming. And Lazarus dies. And they put him in a tomb. He's now dead four days. And then Jesus comes. And Mary and Martha, like most of us, God, if you had only showed up two months ago, I would not be in this debt. God. If you had only answered my prayer three months ago, I would not have gotten into this problem. Why didn't you come earlier? So we are like Mary and Martha. If only you 
had come back there in time, I would not be in the middle of this challenge that I am in today. And you know what Jesus tells them in John 11 verse 40? He said, did I tell you, if you will believe, you will see the glory of God. Say, hey, listen, I'm on time. It's just in your mind you're thinking I'm late, but I'm on time. If you will believe, you will see the glory of God. Amen. See, God never shows up late. He's always on time. Amen. We Indians sometimes show up late, but God shows up on time. And when he shows up on time, this is what he expects from us. He says, if you will believe, you will see the glory of God. If you will believe, you will see the glory. So in the middle of a challenge, what must you do? What must I do? We must keep on believing, saying, God, you have said in your word, I believe. Maybe your children today are messing their lives up. Maybe your kids are gone on in the wrong side of the track. They're in the, wrong, in the, in the middle of a wrong company. And, and you think all is hopeless, all is gone. Listen, in the middle of this situation, what must you do? Keep believing that all my children will be taught of the Lord and they will have great peace. This is the word of God. You believe that. Amen. Or maybe your bank accounts have gone low. They've gone below zero. I mean, forget it. I don't want my name on that account anymore. Nothing could be worse than this. What do you do? Keep believing. His word says, my God will supply all your needs. His word still says that he will bless your basket and your store. His word still says that your cup will run over. Never did he say, some of my people will have to put up with an empty cup. He said, he anoints my head with oil and my cup runs over. That's believing. So you look at your empty cup and you say, my cup runs over. Your neighbor looks at you and what are you talking? You say, I'm, I'm seeing by faith. Amen? So you've got to keep believing in the middle of a difficult situation. In the middle of life's challenges, you've got to keep believing. You say, but you know, I thought God was in control. See, that's an excuse all of us use for our unbelief. What? God's in control. It's true God's in control. He's been in control all the time. He never lost control. But the same God who is in control has told you, have faith in God. Amen? He looks to down to you and me and says, look, I've never lost control, so chill. But I want you to have faith in me. Amen? I want you to have faith in me. I want you to have faith in God. So some of us excuse our unbelief by saying God's in control. Yes, God's in control. But he looks to you and says, have faith in God. So we can't use the excuse of saying God is in control to not exercise faith. Knowing that God is in control, we are aggressive in the exercise of our faith. Amen. Matthew 13, 58, the Bible says that in his own hometown, Jesus could do no mighty works because of their unbelief. It didn't say Jesus would not. He said he could not. Unbelief, if you will, ties 
or binds up the hand of God, prevents him from working. He went to his hometown. He was fully, he was the same Jesus who healed all the other sick people and delivered all the other people. This same Jesus walks into his own hometown and he could not do any mighty works. Why? Because of their unbelief. He didn't say because he didn't want to. He said he could not because of their unbelief. So many times our unbelief hinders the working of God. Amen. So you say, but I thought God was in control. Yes, he's in control, but he's waiting for you and me to have faith in him so that he can work. And show us that he is in control. But our unbelief prevents him from working in our situation. In Romans 4.17, the Bible talks about God who calls, who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they existed. God calls things that do not exist as though they did. Amen? So I challenge you that in the midst of life's challenges, be courageous enough to call victory in the face of apparent defeat, to call life in the midst of death, to call abundance in the midst of poverty, to call success in the midst of failure. You do it. Because your Father in Heaven does the same thing. Amen. God calls things that do not exist as they were. He gives life to the dead. So you begin to do that. You call life in the, in the midst of a, a situation where there's death. You call victory in the face of apparent defeat. You do that. Do not allow fear to nullify your faith. In Hebrews, the third chapter, verses 17 through 19, a very interesting passage. Hebrews 3, 17 through 19. The Bible says here, now with whom was he angry 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest? But those who did not obey. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. You see, unbelief keeps us from entering into a place of rest in God. But when you have faith in God, it ushers you into a place of rest. Everybody say rest. When you have faith, you have? When you have faith, you have? It brings you to a place of quiet confidence and calm assurance in God. Amen? So, instead of being all flustered and anxious and sleepless, all fretting about everything in life, you come to a place of? Faith ushers you, ushers you into a place of rest in God. Amen. So you could be in the middle of a storm and still be all quiet, calm, confident. People look into what's wrong with this guy? Why isn't he getting agitated? Why isn't he, you know, desperately calling 1 800? You know, the helpline. Why, what, what, how come he's, he's calm? Because faith has brought you into a place of rest in God. Amen. The Bible says in Isaiah, the 30th chapter, the 15th verse, in quietness and confidence, in returning and rest, you will be saved. In quietness and confidence, you will have strength. 
and quietness and confidence, you will have strength. So faith brings you to a place of quietness and confidence, which now enables you to walk with divine strength. Amen. So how can you go through life circumstances without being all, you know, at the, uh, uh, without just going, becoming a nervous wreck and having a nervous breakdown? It's because faith ushers you into a place of quietness and confidence and rest in God through which you now receive strength to go through whatever you're going through. Amen. Isaiah the 28th chapter, the 15th verse, uh, the 16th verse is a very interesting verse. Isaiah 28 and verse 16. The Bible says, Behold, I lay in Zion a sure foundation, a, a chief cornerstone. And it says, uh, He who believes will not make haste. He who believes will not be in a hurry. He who believes will not make haste. The, the Hebrew there literally has the idea of somebody who is afraid and fleeing for his life. So the person who has faith. The person who believes. Will not be running away in terror. But he's in a place of quiet confidence. He who believes. Will not make haste. He's not going to be running around. Like a chicken with the neck cut off. With the head cut off. Amen. It's not going to be like that. There's a sense of rest. A sense of being calm. And assured. Because you have faith. So learn to keep exercising. Keep exercising your faith in God. In the middle of life's challenges. Amen. Don't lose your faith in God. Keep believing. Whatever God has said concerning your circumstance. Whatever God has said concerning that challenge. Keep believing. It will help you walk in rest and confidence. And give you the strength to go through that circumstance. The last thing I found useful is this. That when you're in the middle of a life, in the middle of life's challenge, we must learn to take small but positive steps. Take small but positive steps. You know, the Bible says in Psalm 40, verses 1, 2, and 3, it says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined unto me, and He heard my cry. He brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay. And he set my feet upon a rock. And he established my goings, or he established my steps. He put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto my God. And many will see it and fear and put their trust in God. So, sometimes we find ourselves in a horrible pit, in a miry clay. And God is definitely able to bring us up out of the horrible pit. It could be uh, you know, any of these life challenges. And God's able to do it. But listen to this. Very often, God's way to bring us out of the horrible pit is to have us take incremental steps out of it with His help. Amen? You know, many of us, when we get into a horrible pit, we're waiting. You know, let's say you're in a terrible situation financially. And you're waiting to win the lottery ticket. You think that's the way God's going to deliver you. Or you're waiting for this pot of gold. That you're going to find somewhere. Listen. Many times 
God's means of deliverance from that horrible pit is simply going to be you and me taking incremental steps to come out of it. And He's going to help you each step of the way. Amen. We are waiting for sudden deliverance. We're waiting for something drastic to happen. And now, God can do that. But instead of sitting and waiting for something like that and wasting time, why don't you start taking some incremental steps to get out of that horrible pit with the help of God? Amen. You know, maybe if you're in a big financial debt, why don't you start making some, taking some steps to start paying it off a little at a time, a little at a time, and maybe in three years you'll be out of it. Amen. Maybe if, if, you've, if, you've, if you're without a job, and you're just sitting home, how about going for at least one interview a week? Try that. You might get a job. But you know, someone's sitting at home saying, I'm fasting and praying. Good, you fast and pray, but please go for some interviews. Amen? See, you got to do that. You have to take some small steps if you want to find a job. So I'm in a horrible pit and I'm waiting for deliverance. Wonderful. I'm praying. Good, pray. But please take some steps to get out of your pit. And God will help you do that. Proverbs 4 and verse 26, the Bible says, Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Ponder the path of your feet. Meaning, think about where you're going. I mean, don't just go blindly wherever life takes you. You think about where you're going. How are you spending your time? What are you doing? Are you, do you have some plans to come out to overcome this challenge that you're facing? Amen. Who has to do it? You have to do it. I have to do it. Ponder the path of your feet. Now, some of you are in a good posture like pondering. <laughs> but just wake up. You can ponder later. <laughs> now you listen. Amen. Ponder the path of your feet. Think about where you're going. And let all your ways, all your steps be secure, be firm. Don't take some shaky steps. Use wisdom as you make your way out of life's challenges. Another very important thing is to think long term instead of short term. Think long term. Sometimes we want a quick fix. I'm in debt, so let me borrow from somewhere else and pay this. Wonderful. It's a quick fix. Just got you into some more debt. So that's not the solution. You've got to think long term. How am I going to come to a place where I can overcome this challenge? If it's my, if it's my studies, if it's my children, let's start doing something long term. Amen? Rather than just trying to bring about a short-term solution to it. Always think long-term. I want to bring a permanent change to this situation. Proverbs 22 and verse 3 says, The prudent foresees evil and hides himself. The simple pass on and are punished. The prudent what? He foresees what's coming up. You say, you know, if I have my breakfast, lunch, and dinner, then I'm happy. 
It's fine for you. But you've got to think about tomorrow. Amen? I'm not saying eat tomorrow's breakfast today. <laughs> I'm just saying think about tomorrow. Amen? Think long term. Think ahead. And it's a prudent man who looks ahead and then he takes precautionary measures to make sure that he doesn't get into trouble. But the simple just pass on. They just go, you know, if I'm happy today, I'm happy today. Tomorrow comes, I'll face tomorrow when it comes. But what if tomorrow has uh, makes a demand of you, which you are not unable to meet, but which you could have been prepared for if you took care of it today? Amen? So you've got to think long term. Think about tomorrow. Think about years from now. Get counsel if you can from right people who will be able to advise you on how to overcome that situation. Get some counsel. Get some knowledge. Get some information. So how do we overcome life challenges? Very simple message. First, we said, guard your heart. Don't let anything negative get into your heart. We all face challenges, but it's so important to guard our heart. Not allow the circumstance to affect the condition of our heart. Second, we said, always overcome evil with good. Amen. You be in a position where you're going to repay evil, even if repay good, even if people have done evil to you. Thirdly, we said, keep exercising your faith in God. Never ever lose, never ever let go of your faith in God. God needs you to have faith in Him. And fourth, we said, take small but positive steps to get out of your situation. Take steps to conquer that situation. Take steps to overcome, to come out of it. Amen. Whatever your challenge in life is, God is counting on you. God wants you to take some steps to get out of that situation. Let's stand up to our feet. We're going to take some time just to pray before we dismiss.